Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers. Gil is the host of Locked On NHL, and he writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Gil, who are the Packers right now? I don't know what to think after watching that game. Uh, you and I were both wrong uh, when we uh, picked the uh, Cowboys to win. We actually picked the Cowboys to cover. Uh, we went uh, under on the uh, point total. Um, and we were we were way under uh, what the actual point scored was. It was a wild, crazy game. It was very exciting, very fun. And I think I'm left with more questions than ever before about who the Packers are. Uh, Look, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened in that game that the Packers can build on going forward. But certainly some of the stuff that led to their win, I think, is unsustainable. For example, the defense really was Swiss cheese for a lot of the night. And if it wasn't for Rudy Ford getting two really timely interceptions, uh, the Packers really don't have any prayer of coming away with a victory in this game. They can't rely on that going forward. They need to um, create a little bit more uh, consistency and, and dependability on the defensive side of the ball. But man, they showed us some stuff offensively that I think can work going forward yeah they definitely showed us some things offensively and and some of the things they did I'm just sitting there wondering why they haven't been doing it sooner but look uh, I think it worked they stayed with the running game they the running game was able to set up some of those splash plays and downfield passes that Aaron Rodgers likes to run he only threw 20 passes last week and I think that's pretty Uh, Hard to believe for an Aaron Rodgers-led team, but I think it's the right recipe for this team to to try to win going forward. And obviously the coming out party for Christian Watson, we hope that's sustainable or the start of something more because, you know, that would be a big lift for this team. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all. The uh, play-action game... Uh, was really working. Uh, the, uh, the they stuck with the run game. I think they ran on on sixty two percent of of plays, and then uh, Christian Watson, man, he came alive. Having that deep threat is a game changer, and and, and it does leave you wondering, you know, what does our record look like? Had Christian Watson been able to play every week? Had they been able to? Uh, feature him every week you know we uh, some of the games uh, like Buffalo and Detroit 
we know that they had really built their game plan around Christian Watson and then were unable to uh, follow that script because, uh, you know, he was taken out of the game really early in both those games. We got to see what it looks like. Uh, the offense, I think, really was pretty beautiful for a lot of the day. Uh, the running backs were picking up about six yards a carry. Uh, that is another thing that I'll just say. You're not going to get six yards of carry against every team you go up against. The Cowboys are uniquely bad against the run. But what is important is sticking with the run, even if you're not getting six yards of carry. If you're only getting two, three yards of carry, you still need to stick with it because uh, once you get away from that, it takes away your ability to run play action. And man, I tell you, anytime they only got one safety deep out there, Bomb it to Christian Watson. The, the fact that they went back to him uh, after he had those early drops on the day, I think made all the difference in the world. And I will just tell you, it has left me wondering a little bit how this season might look different had either he hauled in that deep shot in the first play of the Vikings game to start the year, or had they uh, continued to throw the ball to him for the rest of that game the way they did in this Dallas game, even after he uh, uh, dropped that pass, the, the, the icing of Christian Watson in game one, I think was a big factor in this uh, first half of a season of just garbage that we saw from the Packers. You know what? You don't have Devante. So when, when you have uh, clearly the most physically talented, uh, physically gifted receiver on your roster make a mistake you can't ice him out and refuse to throw the ball to him after that that's it's it's not going to work no that's not a winning recipe and I think the other part of it the other what if that I you know wonder about if he didn't injure himself at OTAs and miss most of training camp and most of the preseason how does that affect his development his chemistry with Aaron Rodgers his ability to know the playbook better You mentioned if he catches that pass uh, in game one on the first offensive play against Minnesota. And then, of course, if he doesn't have the concussion and the the knee injury and all the other nagging little injuries that kept him out of all or parts of a number of games this year, how does that affect his development and and where he's at this season? But you know what? You could hypotheticalize – is is that a word? You could talk about hypotheticals all day – uh, it doesn't matter. This is where we're at now. And the question really is, where do the Packers go for the last, uh, you know, seven games of this season? And can they get things together and and uh, and make a run at this? Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, this past week, we had the return of Mike McCarthy. We had uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who Aaron always gets fired up to play against. He he plays quite well against Dallas. Um, and I think that there was some additional juice for Aaron Rodgers in wanting to beat Mike McCarthy, even though he and all of us love Mike McCarthy. You still don't want to let Mike come into Lambeau and beat you, uh, <laughs> even when he is dressed up like Vince Lombardi with that, with that coat. Um, <laughs> so... You know, it was cool to see how juiced up Aaron Rodgers was for that game. You know, I think about a run toward the end of the night. Uh, I think it was in in overtime. 
uh, where uh, Rogers is out there uh, blocking hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little too hard even. Over. Uh, man, it got it got me excited to see it, and and just seeing how much he won that win was exciting. I I found it interesting that we bookended this five game losing streak with an overtime win against Bill Belichick and an overtime win against Mike McCarthy. Uh, I found that kind of interesting. Well, now this week we have Lafleur's old team, the Tennessee Titans. Right. Uh, we've only played them once so far under Lafleur. Isn't that correct? Yes. That was the A.J. Dilling coming out game. Wouldn't mind seeing him um, have another really good game again. It's been a while since we've really seen A.J. Dillon have a really great day. Um, you know, is Aaron Rodgers, are, are the rest of the uh, offense going to be juiced up for the Titans game? Uh, I think that, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Uh, this is clearly and always has been a very emotional football team they can get psyched up for an opponent like the bears an opponent like the vikings not the vikings the uh the the cowboys that they really hate and that they really desperately want to beat uh and then you know by on that same token they can get really um up in their heads and psyched out when they are going up against the 49ers we've seen that too so um are are they going to bring the uh energy and the and the motivation and the drive against the Titans this week? I think Matt LaFleur will. Uh I also think, think that this is a Titans team that has weaknesses you can capitalize on for sure, but they are a talented football team. Uh and 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 much of their talent lies on the defensive side of the ball. So the offense is going to need to step up and deliver another good performance like we had last week. Here's here's my big key to this game for the Packers offense. The Titans are very good, very good at stopping the run. They are very bad yeah. at stopping the pass. I think that you need to find the right balance of run and pass and play action to where you are taking advantage of the Titans' weaknesses in uh, in in pass the defense but you are not either getting away from the run entirely nor stubbornly insisting on running the ball uh even you know even when the pass is working really well there there needs to be a smart blend of the two and i will just say we have not consistently seen the packers uh employ a smart blend of both the run and the pass all year no we have not and and yet you know this team should be able should be able to do that with the players that they have on this roster. And, you know, to me, the two things you have to do, even against a good run defense, you have to run the ball enough to keep the play action pass as a real threat and set that up, play complementary football. And then you you, you also, uh, you know, you, you need to be able to pass well enough to, uh, exploit the weakness of Tennessee, but run the ball enough that you're not facing second and nine, second and 12, third, third and 10. You, you want to stay out of those must pass situations. Tennessee, very good pass rush. Now Dallas had a great pass rush too, and the Packers limited them to two sacks. The offensive line played one of their better games against Dallas. They're going to need another strong performance against a very good Tennessee pass rush. So if you are the Packers, I think you need to put up at least 18 points offensively to win this game. Mm -hmm. um, 
that seems to be right about look the the, the Titans offense is not very good um, they have gotten over 17 points a few times this season um, but especially recently they, they are really only doing that against pretty bad defenses um, most of the time really that 17 points is right around the cutoff I think so if you're if you can put up 18 19 20 21 uh, I think you have a good shot of winning. I think if the, if the Packers can score 24 points, they should be assured of victory. I don't think you have to get into a shootout, but I think if you can put up more than 17 points and the closer you can get to 24 points, I think you have a good shot of winning this. Um, and then can the defense get out of their own way? That's going to be the big question. You know, we've seen plenty of games this season where the defense was the strength of the team um, and the offense couldn't do anything right. Well, this past week when the offense finally figured it out, well, we didn't have Rashawn Gary and the uh, defense, they made some changes. We'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. But, but the overall production, although I, I think that there were some things you would look at and say uh, parts of the defense looked better this mm-hmm. week, you know, they, they still coughed up 28 points and that was with two crucial interceptions by Rudy Ford. One of them literally being in the end zone. It was not any kind of a, a, an acceptable um, showing by the defense at all. I mean, really until you get to uh, the fourth quarter and overtime, you know, those first three quarters by the defense were a nightmare, an embarrassing nightmare by the defense. It wasn't their best performance. Uh, I mean, look, they fell behind 28 to 14, gave up uh, 21 straight points. That wasn't good. Obviously, uh, the big fumble by Amari Rogers didn't help. Uh, That was very much a tide turner in this game. And now Amari Rogers is no longer a Green Bay Packer. Um, And, you know, I think this defense is adjusting to life without Rashawn Gary, which is not going to be easy. They didn't have Devondre Campbell, which hopefully he'll be back for this game because trying to stop Derrick Henry without Devondre Campbell is not going to be an easy chore. Yeah, and, you know, looking at guys who had a good day, guys who had a bad day, I, you know, Jair Alexander, I think, stuck out to me more than he probably did to anybody else. I I kind of really needed him to step up and like be the guy. And he did have a moment at the end of the game where ultimately he was, you know, if you're looking at, you know, in overtime. But I I didn't actually like what I saw. So Jair Alexander was very crucial in getting the stop in overtime but on uh, on third down uh he allows a very long completion um and uh and and you know no yards after the catch thankfully but he does allow the long completion and then the very next play on fourth down i really think that he should have been flagged for pass interference he was not thankfully yeah and the cowboys turned the ball over but i think he should have been flagged for pass interference that was not um that was not a clean play in my opinion, he did allow a passer rating of 114.2 while targeted. Uh, that was his third highest uh, passer rating allowed of the year. He gave up 83 yards. Uh, that was on eight receptions. He was targeted 12 times. 
he he did a, a pretty really decent job in run defense, I'll say, and and he did a fantastic job tackling. But as as far as coverage goes, I think this was his worst or maybe second worst performance of the year, and and I it just was disappointing to me because with Rashawn out, like Jair kind of needs to be that guy. It's it's Rashawn is the face of the defense. He's gone. All right, it is time for Jair or somebody else to step up. And I didn't think that Jair answered the call in the way that I really felt like the defense needed. Now. We got the we got the win. Uh, we did get that turnover on downs. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the results are, are really the, the thing that matters the most. But going forward, I would feel a lot better had he really had, you know, uh, a, a lockdown game rather than giving up eight catches uh, for 83 yards. Yeah, it wasn't his best performance, no question. But, you know, I think. The key is this. I don't think Jair Alexander is going to have too many really bad days. That's, you know, and and his ability to not let one bad play bother him, to keep his confidence level high, even when he's not playing at his best, is an important factor for this team. And I, I just think psychologically, the Packers needed that win so badly Yes, that now yes. hopefully they can build on that and just get back to some kind of steady confidence that that has been lacking on this team for so many weeks right now. Yeah, and in Rashawn's absence, I thought Kingsley did a pretty decent job. Um, I noticed him setting the edge out there. He did a good job uh, tackling. He had uh, four or five tackles on the day, I think. Um, he had... Yeah, he seemed like he was kind of in Dak's face a lot of the night. Um, he he did have uh, a QB hit uh, that I saw, and I think he had a, uh, two or three hurries um, and, and pressures the rest of the night as well. Dude was killing it. Um, I, I felt like uh, Preston had another bad game. He's had quite a few bad games in a row. Uh, but the other guy I was watching – um, although he wasn't out there for a lot of the night was Devonte Wyatt. I think he got hurt in what second quarter, maybe the third quarter. He did get hurt kind of early on, but, uh, I was pleased with what I was seeing from him while he was out there. Um, uh, seemed like he was, uh, I think he, I think I, I saw him on one tackle, uh, but it was a pretty impressive tackle. Uh, you know, just. Oh, here um, I make contact with the guy and he doesn't move another inch after that. I did like seeing that. thought he did a good job while he was out there. He was one of the guys that I was really hoping would be featured um, and uh, would have liked to see him out there more. But then he got injured, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, I, let's hope he's available. You know, it's it's tough on a short week now. Uh, you got to wonder about some of these players. I mean, hopefully Randall Cobb comes back for this game. Is David Bakhtiari able to play on such short, you know, on a, on a short week like this? Good question. Uh, and if so, how many plays is he going to be able to give you? There are so many variables. Getting Devondre Campbell back will be huge for this defense, uh, especially if Chris Barnes can't go. Although I will say Isaiah McDuffie as a run stopper wasn't bad. Yeah, Isaiah McDuffie uh, impressed. Um, I think that uh Quay Walker did not have his uh best game of the season but again 
he was one of those guys that impressed me in tackling. I thought he made a couple of really nice plays in coverage and they brought him on multiple blitzes. Uh, and two of those, I think really impacted Dak and he had to, had to get the ball out of there really quickly. Um, I, you know, I think overall, uh, positive performance out of Quay. Uh, I did see him, uh, miss a tackle that was, uh, frustrating to me. Um, but the rest of the night, you know, he was kind of a cleanup machine. Uh, I think officially he recorded four tackles and three assists. Um, no question they do miss Devondre Campbell, but Isaiah McDuffie did a, a pretty good job in his absence. If you're looking at the defense as a whole and you're looking at their uh, PFF grades, it's not a pretty story. Uh, only five guys really had good grades. Rudy Ford, of course, had the highest grade of anybody, uh, but that was largely based on the interceptions. Uh, I didn't think that uh, I noticed a couple of times um, that I didn't think that uh, his tackling looked very good. Of course, Darnell Savage uh, had they moved him to the slot and I felt like it was better having him there in the slot. But, uh, you know, if you recall, I forget if it was on third or fourth down, but uh, Pollard is running around the right side and it seems like the Packers have gotten the stop. And then on his, you know, second push, he just, he bowls the guy over and just pushes him across the, the line to gain. And I, I couldn't see the Jersey numbers in the moment. And I, I was yelling at my TV and saying, who is it? Who is it? Please don't let it be savage. And of course it was savage. Who got <laughs> Of course it was uh, Dean Lowry, Kingsley, Nagbar and Jaron Reed uh, and Jonathan Garvin. Those are the other guys who, who graded out positively. Uh, everybody else was uh, average or significantly below average. Uh, Ladarius Hamilton, who only played uh, five snaps, doesn't really count a ton, had the lowest grade. If you look at the guy who had the lowest grade of guys who played substantial snaps, Kenny Clark uh, had himself a little bit of a night of shame uh, yeah. overall. 47 grade. He had a 25 pass rush grade. Uh, no, sorry, 25 tackling grade. Uh, his pass rush grade was actually his best grade at a 54, but that 25.1, uh, uh, 25.4 tackling grade for Kenny Clark is a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, and it reflected in the Packers' overall inability to stop the run throughout the game. Yeah, we knew the uh, Cowboys were going to run well, and Tony Pollard is a very good running back, a guy I've respected for uh, multiple years now. Uh, but still, and on the whole night... They didn't get a ton of yardage uh, on the ground, but it it seemed like when they needed to run the ball in a in a in a critical situation to uh, pick up a first down or uh, really try and eat into some long yardage, it seemed like they were able to kind of run with ease. I think the biggest failure in the run game for the Cowboys was their refusal to commit to it. I think if they had run the ball more and passed the ball less, Dak Prescott was not having a good night. I think they would have uh, been much more successful against this Packers defense who didn't seem capable of, uh, you know, really effectively shutting the run game down all night. No, they weren't. But, you know, the Cowboys didn't stick to it. And the Packers are very fortunate in that regard. Uh, and that's something the Packers, uh, you know, have done themselves too many times. So, uh, it, Look, this is a passing league, and teams tend to want to move the ball primarily through the air. Maybe the biggest exception to that rule is the Tennessee Titans. Mm, okay, elaborate on that. 
Well, I mean, Tennessee is more of a running team. That is more or less the way they do things. Their offense is shaky, to say the least. And, you know, realistically, uh, you know, Derrick Henry has 923 yards in nine games. That puts him on a pace for more than 1,700 yards on the season. And, you know, passing as a team... Tennessee has only has less than 1500 yards in 7 games. I mean, that is just not a very strong productive passing offense. It it places them very close to the bottom of the league in in passing yards per game. They're 31st and you know, that's not going to get it done. That's just not going to get it done. Uh they they if yeah. if you can stop Derrick Henry and that's a big if I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to beat you by passing the ball 30 35 times and that's not the way this offense is designed. Yeah, the uh Titans the, the 2022 Titans offense to me is a poor man's 49ers offense. Uh they they run the ball well but not quite as well as the 49ers do. Uh they they kind of dink and dunk and 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 you know take some situational chunk yardage here or there in the passing game uh but they never really scare you with the passing game uh the the uh, Packers defense I think is going to really need to dig deep and figure out how to be even just slightly below average in run defense in order to uh negate what the the Titans can do uh offensively because there's no excuse at all for the Packers secondary to be taken advantage of. Uh, the big question to me, do you change up your personnel for this week, you know, and, and really try and run a little bit heavier, uh, get, uh, get a, a bunch of your big boys uh, up front. Uh, you know, maybe try and run some three linebacker sets. If Devondre Campbell is healthy and get uh, Isaiah McDuffie out there as the third guy, you know, maybe something you consider, Uh I'm not sure that you need to have all your DBs out there um, against this Titans uh, offense. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good question. And, and I think, you know, primarily Joe Barry and this Packers defense wants to commit to stop the pass first this week. I think it has to be the opposite. I think they have to commit to stop the run first. And I just don't think, that Tannehill, you know, his job is to not lose games, not to win them. He's His job is to be efficient. But if the Packers make it so that Ryan Tannehill has to win this game, they'll be in much better shape and have a much better chance of winning. But if Derrick Henry is averaging five, six yards a carry and is carrying the ball 20-plus times a game, this could be a problem, a, a very big problem for the Packers. Yeah, looking at who Tannehill is going to be throwing to, there is a little bit of a new wrinkle to consider. So uh, Robert Woods has been their leading receiver. Um, they got Austin Hooper there as well as their main tight end. And they just got rookie Traylon Burks back in the lineup. He's missed some time. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Burks is um, – somebody who's going to give them some trouble. Uh, certainly you'd be getting some uh, unscouted looks there with Burks. There's not a ton you can know about him going into this game and how he's going to be used 
Uh, he was not super effective to start the season. Uh, had a, had a slow start there. Um, they did uh, give some substantial playing time to Nick Westbrook. Uh, I don't know how you say the other part of his hyphenated last name, so we'll just call him Nick Westbrook. Uh, but uh, he's he's listed as um, on uh, on PFF's uh, lineup as the their slot receiver. So we'll see um, you know how how that gets divvied up this week. They got some guys, but but when Robert Woods is your uh, leading right wide receiver, we should be able to handle uh, Woods no problem. And you know, you you were talking about the offensive line a little bit ago. It's not a good offensive line at all. They have uh, a couple guys on the interior who are uh, good, not great. Right guard Nate Davis is one of their better offensive linemen, and then center. Ben Jones is a really good run blocker pretty much across the board. Everybody there um, does a, a good or great job of run blocking, and then they all stink in pass protection. So the fact that the Packers are uh, a bit limited in their available pass rushers, I think is fine. Uh, you know, you're looking at, uh, sorry, my, I'm just all dry. Uh, Dennis Daly at left tackle has kind of been a disaster so far this year. And then rookie Nicholas Petit Frere out of Ohio State has not been um, anything to write home about in pass pro at right tackle either. They're pretty vulnerable on the edges. So um, the 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 pass rushers we do have absolutely have to get home uh, when you're going up against these compromised tackles. Uh, you, you absolutely cannot let this be the week that they start to figure things out on the offensive line and start pushing you around um, in front of Derrick Henry. No question about that. And then the other thing is in pass pro, uh, you know, basically the, 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 the big drop, Ryan Tannehill, when he's not under pressure, is a pretty good quarterback. But there is a big drop in his numbers when he is being harassed, when he is under pressure probably an even bigger drop than almost any other quarterback in this league. So it really is important that when the Titans have to throw the football, that the Packers, even if they're not getting sacks, they should at least be getting pressure on the quarterback. So here's, here's the big uh, thing to think about here. Is there any chance that Malik Willis gets the start this week against the Packers under center. Um, He started against the chiefs and uh, really was um, not good. The fans were were really upset with him. I think, did he, did he play against the Broncos? I did not watch that game. He he started two games. Okay. So, so the, the Broncos game, that's right. The Broncos game was the one where he uh, actually did an okay job. Um, He, Obviously, is a big threat uh, to run the ball. Um, I've I've seen a good amount of Malik Willis at Liberty. I've uh, family who go there. I I had a lot of questions and concerns about him as a draft prospect, and he is a guy uh, who throws a lot of interceptions. If he does play, and you can get him flustered at all with any kind of a pass rush you can uh, generate a lot of turnovers of, off of Malik Willis. I don't expect him to start this week. I think it's no. going to be Ryan Tannehill. But this is something, especially on the short week, uh, this is something to keep your eye on 
as we're leading up to this game, uh, you know, we only have, uh, you know, at this point, two days left before this game might get some late breaking news that Malik Willis will be the starter. Um, so that that's just some, another wrinkle to think about. Um, I, I don't expect them to, uh, try and do any creative stuff with, um, you know, putting Malik out there for a snap or two to uh, create wrinkles for the Packers defense. But let's say that you're in a situation where uh, Tannehill really is struggling for the first few quarters and the Titans need to provide some sort of a spark. They could go to Malik late in the game to try and take advantage of his athleticism and give the Packers something else to account for uh, with his rushing ability. Just something to think about. I don't expect it. I think it's it's unlikely, but something to think about. Well, his rushing ability is a lot more dangerous than his throwing ability at this point. Uh, you know, he started the two games, as you mentioned, uh, those coming in weeks eight and nine against uh, Houston and Kansas City. Both times put up 17 points, but combined in those two starts, 11 for 27, no touchdowns and interception, and only a combined total in those two games of 135 yards. Looking at uh, guys who are going to be hurt for this game. Um, so the, the Titans uh, just put cornerback uh, Caleb Farley on IR. So he's going to be a non-factor. And actually, their IR list is growing pretty long. Uh, they got a couple guys like uh, Trenton Cannon who, who do play some significant snaps for them at running back. Um, let me see here. Deshaun Hand, defensive end, uh, former Lion, of course. Uh, DB Chris Jackson is out there. Uh, I mean, man, this this list is just insane. Harold Landry, outside linebacker for him. Taylor Lewan, of course, they've been out without all year. Big reason that their offensive right. line has been a problem. Um, handful of the other guys that I am not super familiar with, but wide receiver Kyle Phillips out of UCLA. I'm kind of glad we're not going up against him. This week, because he was a dude who um, I discovered really late in the draft process and really kind of fell in love with. He I think he's missed basically the entire year. I think he played a couple of games early on um, and has not been around since then. But I, I think that he would have presented um, a you know maybe uh, a much tougher, tougher matchup for Packers secondary to account for because. Um, he's very fast, uh, very good, deep threat, similar to what you're seeing from Christian Watson, it just in, in his ability to, uh, kill you in play action since you have to respect the Derrick Henry run game so much. Yeah. And that would certainly set things up very nicely, but thankfully it doesn't look like the Packers will be facing him. And now it just becomes a question of, you know, to me, you got to get the Titans into must-pass situations, and then the defense should be able to handle this mediocre passing attack. Looking at guys who are not on IR but are banged up, kicker Randy Bullock has not practiced all week. Neither has uh, pass rusher Bud Dupree. I think those are both significant, especially Bud Dupree. Uh, that is a, a big deal. If the uh, Titans don't have a good pass rush, they're, they're going to be dead. Uh, the 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 pass rush and really really the whole defensive line you know whether you're looking at uh, run defense or pass rush the Titans D line is undoubtedly the strength of their entire team um, 
not named Derrick Henry. So missing uh, Bud Dupree would be massive for them. Uh, they did give Derrick Henry some rest. Uh, so they're, they're trying to make sure that he's going to be fresh and ready to go for the, for um, Thursday. Lonnie Johnson, uh, cornerback for him. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. He hasn't practiced all week. Uh, center Ben Jones, we mentioned um, earlier as being one of the few good offensive linemen they have. He's actually in concussion protocol and has not practiced so far this week. Of course, uh, Monday was just an uh, you know, estimated um, uh, you know, walkthrough, uh, but they estimated he would not be uh, participating if it was a full practice and that he did not practice on uh, Tuesday either. So uh, I think... Everybody else, Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, has not practiced all week. Um, Ryan Tannehill dealing with a bit of an ankle injury still, uh, but he was upgraded to full participation on Tuesday. That's about it for the Titans. They are certainly banged up, and uh, so are the Packers. This short week, I think, probably means more playing time for young guys for both teams. The big news for the Packers on the injury front, uh, they're probably going to get uh, 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 Randall Cobb back. Uh, so that would affect the passing game, uh, I think, in a really positive way, because I think that they need to uh, create a little bit more help over the middle. I like what Christian Watson was doing in stretching the field and opening up um, those options in the middle of the field. Uh, and I thought Sammy and uh, Allen both played well, but getting Randall as an option there for, for the slot, I think would be a, a pretty big deal. Of course you were concerned about David Bakhtiari. He has not practiced all week. That's not super surprising because I don't no. think you want him, you know, exercising at all. Just rest up big guy. Uh, give yourself every opportunity to play. And if he's not ready to go, they are not going to force it. Uh, they will put Zach Tom or somebody else in there at left tackle instead in a heartbeat if uh, David Bakhtiari is not 100%. As well they should. But uh, you got to hope he's ready because he, when he's healthy, he has played pretty well this year. But that's, as we all know, a very big if. Yeah, Elton Jenkins um, also has not practiced all week. Um, of course, he has not been playing great, but you still want him out there. The Packers were fortunate to get um, all the same five offensive linemen out there for two weeks in a row for Lions and Cowboys. It would be nice if you could do it again for the, the uh, Titans game as well. I think David Bakhtiari has at least a 50% chance of not playing at this point. Yeah. And, and I might read it higher than that with it being such a short week. I just think you got to be smart with his continued recovery. Don't push it. Uh, we heard from, um, heard from a listener who ran into Bakhtiari in person um, midweek last week, and he was limping really, really badly. So that knee is still bothering him. You know, he's, he's playing through it on Sundays, but uh, the knee is an issue in his life. Uh, Devondre Campbell, a guy we want back, has not practiced at all this week. Um, now, Romeo Dobbs, the other uh, injury of note here, because he has not been placed on IR yet, even though he was expected to miss like four to six weeks. He's not on IR yet, so I'm not really yeah. sure what's going on. Um, he's not practicing, but he's not on IR. Is he going to come back sooner rather than later? I don't know, um, but uh you want one more little piece of really good news. Christian Watson upgraded to full participation for Wednesday. No injuries. Woohoo. 
<laughs> that is very good news. Were you surprised by the release of Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill? Um, well, I, I didn't think Kylan Hill was any good. I, I'm not, not really sad to see him go. Amari, I, I just think that Amari's pro career has been completely botched and mishandled by the Packers since he got here. Uh, you know, they brought in Randall Cobb over top of him and gave his job away to Randall. Um, and, and they, they didn't like what he was doing in run blocking. So they relegated him to punt returns, uh, which is not something he was doing in college. And then he sucked at punt returns. And so because he sucked at punt returns, he's in the doghouse and, and can't get any playing time on offense. I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I have a lot of frustrations with how some of the young guys have been handled these past couple of years uh, by the coaching staff. Um, and Amari is, is one of the chief examples of that. I think he offers a lot as a wide receiver still. Um, I would not have released him. Um, I certainly wish him the best. Um, and, and I hope that he finds a team that will actually utilize him as a wide receiver. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to, uh, share the stat that he has, uh, what, like seven career receptions and eight fumbles and okay. Sure. I think it's, it's the other way around, but yeah, it's a funny stat to post on social media, but it's really misleading because those fumbles came on special teams on, on punt returns. So, right. you know, do, do, if you're going to list those as his fumbles, do you want to list the, uh, punts he caught as receptions? I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's social media clout is what it is. It is. And look, he never really, I think once the Packers acquired Randall Cobb, which was done at the behest of Aaron Rodgers, there was no way that, that there was a role for, uh, Amari Rodgers on this team going, you know, after that, other than special teams, he never really showed much offensively, but he never really got the chance to show much offensively. Uh, and it just, it just didn't fit right. But here, here's the other sort of question I have to ask. Can we trade our third round pick now for anything? <laughs> I mean, obviously you can't get a player right now and, uh, until the season is over, but can we trade our third for two fourths? Or I mean, like we have no luck in the third round of the draft uh, under Goody. And it, it, it would be great to not have, whoever we draft in the third round this year is going to have so much pressure because of this seeming jinx that, you know, we've just missed on so many third rounders recently. Hey, I still like Josiah DeGuar, but I think going forward, you have a couple of options here. Either trade the third for a player, uh, trade the uh, trade like next year's third for a fourth this year, or go the other way and trade a, you know, trade a this year's third for a next year's second. I like that even better. You know, tra- trade yeah. 2023 third for a 2024 second. Come on. I, c- I could do that all day. Let's just do that in perpetuity. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't draft in the third. That's all. I mean. oh. And, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Josiah Duara can continue to improve, continue to get yes. playing time and be, you know, uh, certainly have heard from a lot of fans who are frustrated because he's not a, you know, big box score tight end in the way that like a TJ Hawkinson is. But I think that for a third round pick, you're getting 
uh, a, a very valuable role player in Josiah Aguirre, who really, really helps this offense a lot. Uh, he's a fantastic blocker, very smart, cerebral player. Uh, he he, do, he does a good job when he's out there. Um, earlier on in the season, Josiah was not getting a lot of playing time. Thankfully, that has reversed, and he had, you know he really has been featured heavily. Um, and, and I think that that has been a boon to the offense. Gil, we got to do it. It's time for our score predictions. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? Your call. I, I I'll go whichever way. I think All you right, went well, first last week, so I'll go first this week. All right. Sure. Okay. Packers, 20. Okay. Titans, 17. This is such BS. I already wrote mine down. All right. I, I, I did 21-17, so. My, my article for tomorrow is already, you know, in the system, ready to be published. I I stick with what I have in my article. So, yeah. yeah. I, I wrote that down before we started recording, 21-17. <clears throat> I, 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 I was looking at uh, what the Titans have been doing recently. Um, I accounted for uh, the fact that their defense uh, is going to be probably down a few guys, added a couple extra points to the Packers, and that's how I came up with 21-17. Well, the 17 was easy. That seems to be the number Tennessee likes to score. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's like... Yeah, the the, the last four weeks they've scored 17, 17, uh, uh, 17, and 19. Yeah. That that one was easy. (laughs) So so the 17 made sense, and I... I, I just can't see the Packers blowing them out in this game. So that's what I went with 20 to 17. So, and, and I'll say that uh, if the Packers lose, um, I think I'm not going to be debated uh, uh, and, and duped into picking the Packers uh, again, the rest of the season, except for the bears game, because I think they're definitely going to win that one. Well, I, I, they better. <laughs> that's hey, I we, we got Philly coming up, man. Uh, let me, I mean, it would be like the most Packers thing in the world to go 0 and 5 through the easy part of your schedule and then go 3 and 0 through the next uh you know uh, three game difficult streak on their schedule. That would be the most Packers thing ever. Well, that's what we need right now, so let's hope. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. Or you can email us at askmillhuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com